Good morning, and welcome to Ask the Pro, a paid commercial program. The opinions expressed are those of the participating clients and not necessarily those of the management and staff of WLVL. Ask the Pro is an informational-based program designed to advertise the product and or service of the client and to introduce them to the WLVL listening audience. Your questions and comments are welcome throughout the show. Just call 716-433-1433. And good morning, everybody. Today is Wednesday, May 10th, and you're listening to Ask the Pro. And this morning, I am pleasantly surprised to be joined by Bob Emerson, who is the executive director of Old Fort Niagara in Youngstown. Good morning, Bob. How are you today? Good morning. I'm very well. Thank you. All right. Well, welcome to our humble abode here. I'm so glad that you had, were able to take time out of your busy schedule to uh, come join us this morning and give us an update on all the exciting things that are going to be happening at the fort this spring and summer. And I would just like to invite our listeners, um, once we get going here, if you would like to join our conversation, tell us your memories about Old Fort Niagara or anything else you would like to add to the conversation, you certainly can by calling 433-1433-433-1433. So, Bob, tell me, uh, I guess I'm just going to wind you up and let you go because there's so much going on at the fort. You can just kind of start filling us in. Well, the fort's a real historical gem, as as most people know. Um, and we, we do host a, a series of special events. We've got a couple of new things coming up uh, this year. In fact, the first of them is going to be happening this Saturday, May 13th. Uh, it's a brand new event, and it's called Native Nations at Niagara. And it's a Native American smoke dance competition. Uh, it will be, the event will be running from 10 o'clock until 4. Uh, there will be about 23 uh, Native American vendors, uh, craftspersons, that sort of thing. Uh, but the highlight will be from noon until 4 when various teams from all over uh, are going to compete for prizes to see who, who does the best smoke dance. Um, now, um, this is a Haudenosaunee tradition, uh, Six Nations. It was originally a war dance, uh, primarily danced by men, but it's expanded over the years uh, to include female dancers. Uh, there's various theories about, you know, why it's called a smoke dance. Uh, some people say that the the dancers spinning uh, sort of mimics a column of smoke. Um, and, and there are many other theories as well. But uh, this event is brand new and it's going to be very dynamic. And we certainly invite people to come out to the fort uh, this Saturday to to be part of it. That sounds fun. It's a great, uh, great way to get some history in. Yes, indeed. And yep. Old Fort Niagara has such a uh, such a rich Native American history. I mean, the, the fort was established by the French and then taken by the British and eventually handed over to the United States. But we forget uh, many times that um, Native Americans came to the fort. They came to trade. They came to negotiate. In fact, before there was even a fort there, um, the Seneca had a, a hunting and fishing camp there at the mouth of the Niagara River. So there's a lot of Native history associated with our site. And this event is really going to um, highlight that history and, and bring it to people's attention. Very good. So what's next on our list of exciting activities coming up at the fort? Well, we've got a very, very busy year. Uh, 
anyone who's been out there uh, recently knows that uh, the French Castle is getting a new roof. Um, that's uh, courtesy of New York State Parks. Uh, it's, uh, it's a much-needed project, uh, and we're hoping that the, the scaffolding that's been around the castle all winter will be, will be gone by Memorial Day. Um, that's when our next big event is taking place. Uh, every year on Memorial Day weekend, we host an event called Soldiers Through the Ages. And it's, it's a timeline. It's, it's, it's a very educational event because it compares and contrasts military life from the 17th century all the way up through modern times. Um, so it's a great opportunity. If you have kids, they're going to learn an awful lot about the material culture uh, of the military over the years. We have a program uh, on women in the military. Um, we have a weapons program where we demonstrate uh, military firearms from the 17th century when they were using matchlocks up through uh, uh, modern times. Of course, we're, we're just firing blank ammunition. Uh, so, And that's very, very educational. We talk about how uniforms have changed, uh, what, what soldiers ate over the period of, you know, 400 years, how that changed or didn't change, as the case may be. Uh, so it's a, it's a great event. We have a military vehicle display as part of that, uh, World War II, Korean War, Vietnam era, uh, military vehicles. So it's a, it's a great event. It's uh, Saturday and Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. And then uh, on Monday, we have our local uh, VFW comes and they, they have a, a, a memorial ceremony in the old Fort Niagara Cemetery, which is a, probably one of the oldest cemeteries in, in the county. It dates back to 1755. So that's, uh, that's our first really, really big uh, reenactment event right. of the season. Yes, and it's so nice. We were talking before we uh, went on the air this morning about how those uh, gun legislations put a put, put, slowed things down for a minute, but they have they have since amended the laws to allow reenactors to reenact. Is that what I understand? Yeah, that's correct. Um, this this law took effect back in September, and it uh, it worried um, it worried historic sites. Uh, historic battlefields, uh, reenactor organizations. Uh, it, it frankly, you know, threatened uh, our existence. So we've been working with other historic sites across the state. We've been working with reenactor organizations uh, over the winter. And, you know, really we've been hoping to get an exemption for reenactments because they pose no threat to public safety. Of course not. And with the passage of the budget um, – there was language included uh, that exempted reenactments and military honor guards, uh, theatrical productions, all of those things that have a, uh, you know, they have a pretty important cultural and economic impact on our on our communities. Agreed wholeheartedly. But they uh, they exempted those things. So now um, we were looking at a situation where uh, reenactors, who are the heart and soul of our of our summer events. Uh, they were afraid to come to New York State. Uh, so now that situation has been rectified and, and everybody feels much better uh, about coming to not only Old Fort Niagara, but other historic sites in, in the state uh, sure. to perform. Very good. That's, and and that, as they should have. I mean, you know, that was, there was such a lack of forethought in the, in the writing of that law in the first place. So it's, I'm glad that they found the error of their ways and uh, – 
and fixed it. And I have to I have to give a shout out to our uh, to our local uh, our local elected officials at the state level, both in the Senate and the Assembly. Um, they were in our corner on this sure. all the Morris way along. The judge and yep, Rob Ortz, yep. They they helped us out tremendously. Yeah, yeah those guys are all uh, fighting for the right team there. There's no question about that. No. Go ahead. So that's, uh, you know, that's our next event. Uh, coming up after that uh, is the next very next weekend. Uh, as most people probably know that during the American Revolution, the, the fort was held by the British. Uh, they took the fort in 1759 uh, during the French and Indian War. They held it till 1796. Uh, so they were there during the Revolution. And we we have had an event uh, off and on, you know, the past uh, couple of decades called the King's Birthday. And it coincides with uh, King George III's birthday, which was June the 4th, 1738. And this was the only holiday that a British soldier got uh, during the entire year. Um, you, really? got a, you got a new uniform. You had, you know, you had a celebration. So uh, we have two things going on that weekend. On the, on the evening of June 3rd, we have the King's Birthday Ball which will be an evening uh, English country dance in front of the French castle to live music, uh, refreshments, libations, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have to be an accomplished dancer to attend. Um, that's the, the Saturday night of the weekend. And then Sunday will be a public program um, recreating what Fort Niagara did to celebrate the king's birthday way back in 1772. Uh, oh, I bet that's big fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, artillery uh, salutes and musket salutes and uh, other things as well, um, you know, showing how uh, the, the soldiers powdered their hair for formal occasions. Mm -hmm. And this was this was interesting because, you know, this is where you kind of get that whitish tint to your, to your hair. Yeah. But uh, it also had a practical application in that, when you powdered your hair, it helped to prevent lice. Right. So, I was so, wondering if there was an underlying reason yeah. for that. Yeah. Personal hygiene wasn't on the top of the list back then, was it? Right. Right. Exactly. So we'll be recreating some of those activities that would have been taking place there at the fort in, in 17, during the 1770s. Uh, nice. So, and then we have a Civil War a garrison after that. Um, and then, uh, of course, our big event is... The biggest event of the year is the uh, the siege weekend in uh, on July Fourth weekend. This year, it's the first, second, and third of July, and uh, it's the French and Indian War encampment. We have dozens of period merchants and artisans. We have battle reenactments, uh, large living history camps. Uh, so it's a it's it's popular event. It's it's been going on for over forty years. Um, and it brings in thousands of visitors. Oh, I'm sure it does. That's going to be big, big fun. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are just now joining us, you are listening to Bob Emerson. He's joining me here on Ask the Pro and WLVL. He is the executive director of Old Fort Niagara. So he's going to give us the skinny on everything that's going on at the forts uh, throughout the whole summer. And uh, we're just so fortunate to have him with us this morning. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns... You can feel free to join the conversation at 433-1433. All right, Bob, so we were just talking about the 4th of July activities and the French and Indian War and some of the living history things that's going on. And what's, uh, we'll pick up from there. 
Sure. So later in July, a um, couple, uh, it's two weeks after the, the, the weekend of the 4th, uh, is our annual Revolutionary War encampment. That focuses on the New York frontier. And, you know, the, um, the interesting thing is that the, in a couple of years, in, in 2026, will be, the country will be celebrating its 250th birthday. And, uh, this is going to be a big celebration. So we're gearing up for that now. We're, you know, we're looking to, uh, we're looking to really look at, uh, research the, the fort's role in the American Revolution and some, develop some new programs so that we're ready, uh, in 2026 when, uh, the 250th arrives. Perhaps our biggest project that we have on our drawing board is, um, the reconstruction of a Native American dwelling. Uh, during the Revolutionary War, um, there was a lot of fighting on the New York frontier and the Pennsylvania frontier. And there were many people, uh, both uh, Europeans and Native Americans, who were driven from their homes and who became refugees. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that Fort Niagara did during that time was serve as a uh, a refuge a refugee center for native americans who were uh driven from their homes in primarily 1779-1780 and the british built uh, log houses for uh, many uh or some of the the leaders of the native american community we have a Native American interpretation program we we have a full-time Native American interpreter uh, but we don't really have a focal point for that uh, individual to present his programs. So this uh, this log house that we uh, intend to build uh, between now and the 250th um, will serve as that focal point to really explore the Native American uh, role in uh, 18th century history as well as material culture um songs, stories, that sort of thing. So that's a big project that we're hoping to get done over the next couple of years. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. I, you know, I remember the uh, bicentennial and what gala was going on and all of the Betsy Ross flags that were being made. And uh, I, that was that was so much fun. I was just a kid. I was maybe, what, eight, 10 years old or something like that when that when that happened. And I still remember the, the excitement that America had. You know, we were still, everybody was just unified and and we just uh, had a great party for that time in, seven, in 1976, and it was great. So looking forward to the um, 250th. I'm going to do it all over again. <laughs> and the other thing about 2026 that is significant for our area is that the French castle turns 300 years old in 2026. So that's going to be a big celebration as well. Uh, the castle was uh, originally built in 1726 finished in 1727 so how many 300 year old buildings uh, are there around uh, so this is going to be this is going to be a big deal we're we're hoping to the two the two anniversaries really coincide so this this will be a really big year for old fort niagara indeed that's going to be great it really is 300 years old boy that's you're right. I can't think of anything in uh, Newfane that's 300 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we feel 300 years old, but well, that's yeah, yeah, especially <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning. But uh, yeah, all right, good, 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 good. So, whether what, what other um, updates or uh, upgrades are they making at the at the fort? Well, the um, 
I'll just go back to the talking about the events for the season. Sure, let's do that. Our annual 1812 encampment will be uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, and that that kind of wraps up the summer season. Uh, we we recreate the um, you know, the War of 1812 and the fort's role in it. Um, we're hopeful this year. Uh, the last few years, our Canadian friends have not been able to come across the border to join us for this event. So we're hopeful this year that we'll we'll be able to have more uh, Canadian participation in that in that program as well. And then in the fall, we're into school tour season. Um, we get about. Uh, a typical year, we get about twelve thousand uh, school kids visiting us every uh, every year. About half of them come in the spring and half of them in the fall, and we treat them to a uh, a real uh, uh, you know a real great educational program. They they learn about Native Americans, they learn about the French and their role here, the British, and the American occupation uh, during the War of eighteen twelve. So. Um, the kids mostly go from station to station, and they have living history demonstrations as they go uh, around the fort. So that's that's going to be a really busy uh, time this fall. We have a program called Fridays on the Frontier that we just concentrate all of our resources, and we have usually about 15 learning stations spread out throughout the fort, and kids can go from one to the other and learn all kinds of stuff uh, about what it was like to live in the on the Niagara frontier in the 18th century. What fun! I think I remember going to the fort when I was a kid, and I almost think we took a a, a school uh, trip there when I was like in elementary school. And and it's great for kids because you know what? If a lot of a lot of kids, you know, if they're not exposed to history in the right way, they they find it boring. And right. hi- history is anything but boring. It's just fascinating. But if you can, if you can inspire young people through dynamic living history demonstrations, Agreed. so that they're, they're, it's not just being spoken at them. They're they're actually experiencing what life was like. You know, you can inspire them to a lifelong love of history, and you know, then they're going to want to preserve stuff for the future generations. So it's very important to catch. Uh, people when they're young and, and get them inspired about the past. Agreed. And in a disposable economy, it's very difficult to get people to think about preserving a, an item, an architect, or artifact, because we just throw everything away. Right, right. And go get another one. And, you know, in, in <laughs> historically, you know, you, you wouldn't throw anything away that could be repaired or, or, or fixed or, you know, remade. Um, you, you would try to get as much life out of it as you could. So at any rate, um, we wrap up the year um, with our Castle by Candlelight program. That's usually the two Saturday nights before Christmas. And this is a great – if you haven't been to the fort at night, um, it's it's entirely different atmosphere. And we have, a, we have a musket salute after dark. We fire some cannons and the sparks fly and the flames shoot out. And then we have uh, the French castle lit entirely by candles. So you can go around and – take part in various living history uh, activities oh what fun and that's only at the at that time of year do you have any other uh, nighttime activities in the summer well we have been uh we have been doing uh now and then uh some thursday night programs last week we had uh, a program called firepower of the empire which was about 
Uh, we had British uh, troops firing muskets and cannons uh, this week, uh, which is uh, actually tomorrow night. We have an event called History on Tap. We're working with the uh, Brickyard Brewing Company. You can come out in the evening. You have to be 21 or older. Uh-huh. Uh, but you can come out in the evening and sip a beer and tour the fort uh, at twilight. Uh, so we're expecting a, a pretty good crowd for that. Oh, that'll be big fun. Yes, uh, have a couple of beverages and uh, walk around the fort at night. That's going to be a blast. A lot of people don't know that Fort Niagara was the first brewery in western New York. And it's an interesting story why. Yeah. Uh, of course, we, we mentioned the French and Indian War. And in, in July of 1759, the British captured Fort Niagara from the French. And they had bombarded the fort for well over a week. So there was a lot of damage. And so they had to spend the rest of that summer just making repairs to the buildings and, and the fort itself so that they could, they could winter over there. So they didn't have time to, to plant any gardens or anything. So when the winter set in, winter of 1760, they, there was an epidemic of scurvy, which is caused by a lack of vitamin C. And about 149 soldiers died over that winter of this dreaded disease. So, you know, what are we going to do? How, how, can we, how can we get vitamin C into these guys? Well, what they did was they set up a brewery and they made spruce beer, which is a, a very low alcohol uh, beer that was made from the tips of spruce boughs. Okay. And uh, it tastes a little bit like liquid mentholatum. <laughs> but it did it did get vitamin C into the bellies of of these six soldiers and uh, as soon as this this spruce beer brewery was up and running uh people started to get better and there weren't any more deaths from the disease so uh, i like to say that the very first brewery in western new york was here at old fort niagara for medicinal purposes. For medicinal, well, of course, yes. for medicinal purposes. <laughs> I don't know if you would drink. Well, some people did. You know, the thing about spruce beer is, if it's made right, it, it isn't bad. Right. If it's made badly, it's wretched. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing you want to sit around and drink a, a several mugs of in an evening, then. Probably not. Who is it? Uh, Franklin. It said uh, beer is proof that God loves us. I, I believe it was Benjamin Franklin. That's attributed to him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd have to agree. <laughs> right. So that's uh, that ties into our program for for tomorrow night. Uh, it goes from it, it's not late. It goes from uh, six to eight. So uh, you, you know you're still getting out of there when it's daylight. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, and then we have a couple more uh, scheduled for the fall that. Um, we, I don't know the details on them yet, but we're starting to do more evening programs. The other thing we do in the fall is um, we have our, our uh, lantern and lure tours uh, in October on Friday, on uh, Saturday nights. And you can come through and hear all the ghost stories that are associated with Ooh, Old Fort Niagara. And some of them are some of them are made up. I mean, things things that were made up over the years. We don't we don't make anything anything up ourselves, but. Um, we have had some things happen more recently, too, that are unexplained. So we relate all those kind of weird tales to to the folks who uh, who come out to that program. It's called Lantern and Lore Tours, and it's in October, you know, tied in with Halloween. Sure. Ooh, what fun that's going to be. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, in case you are just now joining us, 
here on SFRO WLVL 1340 AM, streaming worldwide at WLVL.com. And don't forget, if you missed any of this great programming, you can always go to WLVL.com, hit the podcast button, and uh, all the great SFROs and history shows will be available to you. We are in studio with our friend Bob Emerson, who is the executive director of Old Fort Niagara in Youngstown. Right, and uh, so if you have any questions for uh, Mr. Emerson, you can certainly feel free to give us a call at four three three one four three three. That's four three three one four three three. Okay, Bob. Um, boy, there's so much stuff going on at the fort. This is wonderful. Um, what's next on your itinerary? Well, I just speak a little bit about. Um you know, what's going on with the, the physical plant there. Of course, when you're approaching 300 years old, uh, there's a lot of maintenance and preservation work that's uh, required. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're we're just finishing up uh, with uh, a new roof for the French castle, which was, a, you know, a big project. Very good. And then after that, we, um, we, have, some, uh, we have some funding for masonry restoration uh we have a grant from the national park service um to uh repair some of the stonework um, nice. on the french castle we also have two other buildings they're called redoubts the north and the south redoubt they're stone towers on either end of the main mm-hmm. fort wall and they nice. need masonry restoration as well and by yeah. that we mostly mean repointing Just pointing sure bob i'm going to interrupt you real quick we have a call Let's see what's going on here. Good morning, caller. You are on WLVL with Bob Emerson. What is your uh, question, comment, or thought? Oh, yeah. Hi. Um, I have two points. Uh, One, I'm from Erie County originally, and there is a small 1812 cemetery on Worley Drive near the airport. Does he ever do anything with that to commemorate those people who are buried there? We have not. Um, we have not been involved in that. I know there have been commemorations out there, but um, we have not been involved in, in that um, particular event. Oh, and also another question is, I used to have a friend, uh, she was a digger at the fort, and they would dig on Wednesday and mm. uh, get all different kinds of artifacts and that, and uh, clean them up, send them to Albany, and then get them back and I guess put them in your museum or wherever they went. Uh, Do you still have that program or not? Yes and no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We we have the program. We're actually working in in cooperation with Buff State, um, but we haven't done it the last couple of years because of COVID. And uh, I think we are going to revive it uh, because it's a very valuable program. Um, Usually they will dig... uh, they will dig in one year and then do lab work in the off year. So it's an every other year thing. So we're we're talking about um, ways to bring to bring that back now that the the pandemic seems to be uh, over. Well, you know what was valuable about it was they also would bring in volunteers, uh, high school students, and other people, you know, who would enjoy digging and seeing what they dug up. Right, right, right. And, and it's mostly the last few years. It's mostly been. Uh, college students that have been involved but right. um, it gives them a, a wealth of experience uh hands-on experience in and you know in archaeology uh, and it's it's coordinated by um, one of the professors uh there at the at buff state 
Okay, thank you. You're a wealth of knowledge. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in. All right, we appreciate you. All right, very good. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to call in, 433-1433, it's easy as that. That's how easy it was. So we left off, you were um, talking about how some of the buildings needed to be repointed uh, after the roof is going up. going to repoint some of the buildings. I believe that's where our conversation left off. Right, right. And, and, and this is just, you know, we do, we do a pretty thorough inspection fairly regularly, and we've noticed that, you know, there's there's a lot of places where there's missing mortar or, you know, there's cracks in the buildings. And we've been watching it very closely. And so um, this project, the next phase of this project is on the drawing board right now. And I have to give a shout out to New York, New York State Office of Parks, Recreation, Historic Preservation. Um, they're designing the project. Um, they have some funding in it. We also have uh, funding from, as I mentioned before, the National Park Service. Uh, we have funding from the Niagara Greenway um, and Parks and Trails New York. So there's a lot of different pots of money that have gone into this this uh, this project, and we're, we're looking forward to getting it underway sometime within the next year. Nice. And how does 300-year-old concrete compare to modern-day concrete? Is it that much different? It is, actually. It's, yeah. it's chemically very different, and this is why, um, you know, you just can't, you just can't go out and, you know, any old mortar. You have to use mortar that is a more of the time period. Modern mortar is harder than um, than it was historically. And, and as a result, it doesn't flex as much with temperature changes. So there's a very, very special formula that is required when you're working with uh, historic masonry. So, um, yeah, it's 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 not not an easy project. Um and that's why, you know, the design part of it is is very critical because you have to use exactly the right the right thing. The right mix. Nice blend, yeah. You get sand off of the beach? <laughs> I'm sure they did, right? When they the original mix that they just used sand. Yeah, and they had I'm sure uh, they did. They had lime kilns that they set up, you yep. know, to, to burn the lime. Yep. Um you, you know, we find those on period maps. Um so yeah, it it, it was a big, big production. Yeah, it was a lot of work too. Man, I'm sure. All right. Boy, this, this is great. So the maintenance is being done on the fort. The roofs are getting fixed. You're adding new buildings. You're having new events added to the calendar all the time. I'm not seeing a downside to any of this. Bob, how many, just out of curiosity, how many people do you have on, on, on the payroll at the fort? How many people work there? I'm sure it's, it fluctuates in the summertime and the winter, right? Yeah, we have uh, we have 34 uh, staff people. Uh, we have nine full-time people, and the remainder are, are part-time or seasonal. Uh, and that's down from pre, pre-COVID. We had a lot more staff. Uh, of course, we had a lot more visitors, too. Uh, and that's because um, international travel has not returned uh, in full strength. It's starting to trickle back. But, uh, you know, we received a lot of visitors uh, from abroad. And um, that has not come back in full. I think industry experts are predicting that maybe next year, but I heard that last year too. That maybe next year. So we're just, you know, we're we're just waiting to see what happens. Um, it is starting yeah. to trickle back. But f- for example, the Ford had over two hundred thousand visitors in twenty nineteen. 
Uh, and then in 2020, obviously, we were closed for a couple of months. Sure. So that count went down to 30,000. Oh, my gosh. And then um, in 2021, we we recovered back to 75,000. And then last year, it was 77,000. But uh, and that's more normal for us before the mm-hmm. you know the the wave of international visitors arrived. Uh, but it is a big difference from what we were seeing in the teens, uh, right? And so we're we're seeing a lot of domestic travelers, but we we're not seeing the we're not seeing a lot of international travelers yet. All right. Well, they've restricted the uh, or they've lifted the restrictions for the. The shot mandate to get into the United States, so that should make a big difference. We have a couple of callers here. Let's see what's going on here. Oop, there you go. Good morning. Yeah, they going too. Hmm. Okay. Well, that was the end of that. I had two uh, two false false leads there. Yeah, I I think the uh, restrictions are lifted as of this coming week, right? Uh, for I know it is for Canadian visitors. They can just come right across the border. So uh, so we're hoping that uh, the the rest of the international visitors will be able to get here. Without a problem. Yeah, let's try this again. Good morning, caller. You are on WLVL with Bob Emerson from Fort Niagara. What is your... Uh... Yes. Go ahead. Yes, hi there. Hi there. Good morning. I'm wondering from Bob, what are some of the more interesting artifacts that have been recovered in your uh, in your time there at the fort? Thank you. Well, I have to tell you, I have to tell you a, a fun story about that. Um, and it's memorable for me. Um, we were just wrapping up the season of the archaeology program. This has been probably 10 years ago. Just wrapping up the season. It was the last day of the dig, and they were going to finish up this one test unit and then fill it in. And we had the Food Channel there that day, uh, just filming uh, a little episode about Fort Niagara. And they were standing by this test unit with the cameras pointed down in this in this hole in the ground, when all of a sudden the archaeologists uncovered an entire nest of iron cook pots from about the War of 1812 period. This thing could not have been staged in a better way because they caught this on camera. It was, it was an incredible coincidence um, that they brought out and, and somebody had put all of these iron cook pots, they nested them and then they threw them in a in a garbage dump. One of them was cracked, so they just threw them out, and they they recovered them. They're in the museum now. You can you can actually go see them. But um, that was kind of a fun thing that you couldn't have staged if you'd tried. Um, so so that's yeah, that is that is really cool. What about musical instruments? Do you ever uncover? I'm a guitar player, so just curious if you've ever uncovered any musical instruments not to not to my knowledge um probably probably the most uh the most likely would be a jaw harp which i guess you can consider that a musical instrument you know at the twangy thing that um but mostly you know most of what's recovered you know there's there's animal bones there's uh fragments buttons uh, rings. Uh, one one interesting thing. Um, there was a, a a plate off of a of an War of eighteen twelve era shako uh, down in a latrine pit, and we kind of think that the guy was doing his business, and he was looking down, and the the plate fell off of his hat and went down in the hole, <laughs> and, and, and it was found, you know, two hundred years later. 
Uh, so, yeah, th- th- those are – and the interesting thing was there were people arguing about what this particular plate looked like. So the, the find of this thing was, um, you know, settled that, that argument. That's great. Well, thank you. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks for all the great work you're doing. Thank you for right. calling in. Appreciate it. Very good. Thanks, listener. All right. Nice, nice. Great questions the callers have this morning. Really, I really enjoy them. Good. <clears throat> well, I, I can just, uh, I'll just interject here. Uh, the History Center of Niagara County asked me to just mention an event that they have planned. Oh, sure. Let's do that. And uh, that is uh, their road rally. And it's on. It's going to be on June the 3rd. And it looks like a fun event. It's... Uh, you have to uh, register in advance uh, by calling them, and they're at 434-7433, and you have to register by May 15th. It's their annual road rally, which is a fundraiser for the historical uh, society. That's a lot of fun. They go different routes, and they find clues, and and it's it's a lot of fun. That's quite, a, quite an event. have to have a, a co, co-pilot. In a- <laughs> It's big, yeah. big, big fun for the History Center. No yeah, question yeah. about that. Love to see all these events coming together in Western New York again now that we're, everybody's back and healthy and uh, the sun will be shining. And, uh, and it's so nice to see so many things revolving around the history of Western New York as well, and particularly here in Niagara County. Just quite, quite pleased with this. Sure. Uh, I, one, one other thing that I would mention while I'm here today is... Um, Old Fort Niagara, has, we have about 750 members, and if you're a member of Old Fort Niagara, you get in free to our, our events. Um, you get a quarterly newsletter, um, which uh, has historical articles in it. It has photographs. It has um, uh, news items, you know, what's coming up at the fort. We also have, a, um, we have an electronic newsletter, which you can sign up for for free. Uh, you just go to our website, which is oldfortniagara.org, and you sign up for the newsletter, and it, you get timely notice of, of upcoming events at, at the fort. We also have a Facebook page, which has thousands and thousands of followers, and that's also you know very, very current information about what's going on at the site. Uh, so those are, those are ways to keep in touch with us um, and find out what, what's going on. That's excellent. Yeah, to... Get the word out there. That's one big positive thing about social media is you can get a lot of people that you wouldn't normally otherwise get to see what's going on. Get the young people in there taking a peek around. And that's, you know, all positive things. No downside to that for sure. I have to relate to you uh, a story. When You mentioned young people. Mm-hmm. We have a, we're part of a program called Ladders to the Outdoors, uh, which is... Uh, it's it's actually a uh, a program that supports field trips for uh, underprivileged school districts, and it's a great program. And we get a lot of uh, of classes that it pays for the transportation, it pays for their admission fee. Oh, how nice! So there's no financial barrier. So we had a we had a school tour from uh, inner city Buffalo. And there's this young, one young man who came up to us after his tour, and he just loved he loved it. And he said to us, "This was the best day of my life." 
you know, which that was absolutely tremendous uh, because he enjoyed it so much. He was able to get out and and see some things and learn some things that he hadn't been exposed to before. Fresh air, sunshine. Uh, so, you know, this this program is wonderful because it does expose people that may not otherwise be able to afford to to go on a field trip. Uh, it gives them that opportunity. So wow. uh, just a shout out to, to that program as well. What a difference you made in that young man's life, huh? And, yeah. and his classmates as well. Yeah, and I'm hoping that, you know, maybe, you know, we're we're all, you know, getting long in the tooth here. Right. Uh, so it, maybe the, you see him come back as yeah. an archaeologist, or a <laughs> social scientist, yeah. or something, or a historian. The future is with that. So we we have to we have to inspire these younger folks to to pick up the mantle and run with it. Agreed wholeheartedly. What a heartwarming story! All right. So we've covered events. We've covered maintenance. We've covered personnel. How about? The Lighthouse. I remember the last time you were here, we talked about the Lighthouse. There was a camera, if I'm not mistaken, if memory serves me right. Is that still functional? Yes, it's the webcam. And yes. you, you can go to our website and, uh, and you can see what's going on at the fort or see what's out on the lake. Sometimes you see some freighters uh, sailing past. Um, we're hoping to open the Lighthouse this summer uh, in July and August on a limited basis. We, we had it closed during covid because mm-hmm. it's very confined in there but this is another um another thing that we depend on volunteers for um we talked about staff but we have hundreds of volunteers right. and, and right. we, we really there's a lot of services that we could not offer if if we didn't have a, a pool of dedicated volunteers who come out they give tours they help with special events they open the lighthouse the we couldn't. We don't have enough staff to do that ordinarily. So, uh, we're, we're very. I'm segueing from the lighthouse into our volunteer program, but that, it, you know, it's a very, uh, very good example of how volunteers can make a difference. Right. Well, I, I read recently that there is a seven-week program coming up for people who want to volunteer to become tour guides and things for Niagara County. Are you affiliated with that? No, we we pretty much have our own. Uh, our own training program. Okay. In fact, we just did it this past week. Okay. And then we have a mentorship uh, arrangement where, you know, you get the basic training and then you, you know, you get assigned to a, an experienced mentor who, you know, teaches you how to do things and, you know, what to say and how to say it. Nice. That's how much fun is that? That's gotta be a blast. Someday if I ever retire, maybe I'll be able to do that. <laughs> well, you get to meet people from all over the world and, you know, they're sure. just in- in- interesting. And, you know, the, the people that come to the fort, they, they want to be there. Uh, you know, they, they, they made the decision to drive to Fort Niagara, which is, you know, kind of at the corner of the county. Right. It's a destination place. Yeah. No question yeah. about it. It's not along the way to anywhere. But, you know, want to go there. Yep. They, they want to be there uh, and, you know, they're happy to be there. And it's just a great, great opportunity for people who want to volunteer and, and meet nice folks from all over the world. Nice. So if uh, so, say one of our listeners would like to uh, spend a couple hours a week there or uh, however they work the scheduling, uh, what are they, what's the next step for them? How, who do they call? How do they get involved? We have a volunteer coordinator. Her name is Katie Geyser. And... She is, uh, you can just call the 
call the Ford and ask to speak to Katie, and she will get you um, through the intake process. Nice. Very good. All right. Well, we still have uh, four minutes left here. Uh, is, is there anything we have not yet touched on that is uh, of importance that we should go over uh, before we run out of time? Well, I could just you know end up by saying uh, I think I think people people take their local uh, historic sites and attractions for granted, and you know we often hear that. Well, I haven't been there since I was in fourth grade. Right. Um, but I, I would just counter that by saying that. You know, there's a lot of new things that we've added over the years. So, you know, you will – it's not the same old, same old. And it's uh, its a fascinating place when you realize that the 250 years ago, the, the superpowers of the world, Britain, France, uh, and in, in some ways the Six Nations, uh, they were fighting over this piece of land. They were expending blood and treasure to try to control – this little point at the mouth of the Niagara River. And so it was tremendously historically important. And I just think people people need to understand how how important and strategically important our area was to the history of North America. And I think when you understand that, it, it engenders a whole lot of civic pride when you understand that our history is important. It is. Agreed wholeheartedly. No, no question about that, and it's uh, it's important nationally as well because mm-hmm. with with without a few strategically won battles here, the course of the wars would have been dramatically changed. Exactly, the outcome would have been much different. We there, might be speaking French right now. <laughs> <laughs> there was a British travel writer whose name was Arthur Young, and um, he 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 wrote in the seventeen around seventeen sixty. He wrote about Niagara, he said, the importance of this place is inconceivable. It is the key to the whole continent. So, you know, let's think of ourselves as in that way. We're, we're the key to the whole continent. That's a substantial statement. <laughs> now, he's a travel writer, so, you know, maybe he's, he's prone to a little bit of exaggeration. But, you know, it's, it's important that people understand just how, just how vital this control of this place was uh, – in the formative years of our of our nations, both the U.S. and Canada, for sure. Just maybe just a touch of hyperbole there, but not much, <laughs> not much, not much, not much. All right. Well, listen, we're um, coming down to the last thirty seconds or so. Final thoughts, Bob. Well, um, if anything that we've talked about today uh, intrigues you, you can get more information on our website at www.oldfortniagara.org. You can find out about. The, the site in general. You can find out about our special events. Um, any information you might need is is there. So, oldfortniagara.org. Uh, yeah. Very good. Well, listen, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to As the Pro. Our guest today has been Bob Emerson, who is the executive director of Old Fort Niagara. So, oldfortniagara.org. For more information, Bob, thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope to see you again in the very, very near future. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, very good. We'll we'll speak soon. And that's it for WLVL's Ask the Pro this morning, and we'll see you next time here on Ask the Pro. Ask the Pro.